from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Oh, hi. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Freddie Freeman, he doesn't want to be a Dodger. I'm making the declaration. Am I wrong? Am I going over the top? Freddie Freeman doesn't want to be a Dodger, right? No, it, confirmed. I mean, it's confirmed. I, I think it'll come around, but I think you're right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you don't go weepy time in Atlanta. Talk about how much you love the organization. You'll always love the organization. Then fire your agent over what anybody with a brain can deduce was his agent screwing up the opportunity for him to return to Atlanta. Okay. Like that, that's the only reason the agent is fired. And we have some major, major differences in this Anna John Levine accident attorney studio about what constitutes a long-term relationship. Because again, for me, six months is a long-term relationship. Mm-mm. For Jeanette, it's a year. And she's got this whole, we'll get to this in a second, this whole freaking timeline of when these relationship milestones uh, will take place by who's meeting who, what you talk about when, uh, what you're doing at this point. Stone, he's in still like high school mode where two years, that's a long-term relationship. That's when you know. But it, it, Trust me, brother. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with your girlfriend, and maybe you marry her, maybe you're her partner for forever, but uh, say you have to get back in the game at some point, say it happens near your 30s, you don't got two years to figure it out because there's no woman, very few women in their, in their, their late 20s, early 30s who are going to agree with you that two years is where a long-term relationship starts. Hello. Uh-uh. Hello, I yeah. say one year, 31 right. years old, right. and Stone, how I mean, old are th- you? That's close, close to one year's closer a to fetus, my tears than uh, three, yeah. three months over here. Uh, At least it surpasses that year mark. So I want to get to this timeline in a second because I'm fascinated. 37-year-old married, two kids, me is fascinated with this Jeanette Javier relationship timeline. What do we have here on uh, on the phones here? Well, it's Stone. actually Joe and Jubert who wants to chime in on the timeline. Oh, okay. All right. So here's what we'll do is we're gonna have we're gonna have Jeanette go through the timeline first, and then uh, we'll get Joe's uh, thoughts on this. Okay. So uh, again, Jeanette, you're in your early 30s. Let's just give a profile here. Mm-hmm. Jeanette, early 30s. Is it disrespectful to call you a serial dater? Which I don't think is. I don't think that it's negatively think, connotated. I, I think it. you just put yourself out there, right? I wouldn't call myself a serial dater. Just when I feel like it. Okay. Okay, that's fine. That's that's fair. Because I go through periods where I'll uninstall the apps and then I got it. And then right. I'll here's part of the profile. Not a serial dater. Not a serial dater, but she. It happens in waves, and yes, you are on I'll dating apps. Um, yes. Uh, and uh, two of them. Two of them. So ebbs and flows. Kinda There's like, ebbs and flows. Kind of like, like Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It's, I if, am if, the if, Bitcoin if, of dating. If Jeanette was Bitcoin, <laughs> she would already have just locked her doors, boarded up her windows, and prepared for death. Right. Okay. So she's not Bitcoin at yeah. this moment. I'm going through the rise of the Phoenix right now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so what is this? What is this timeline according to Jeanette when it comes to a what? What is a long-term relationship and the steps leading up to it? So I'm just gonna say, uh, read what I've written down. Three months. I actually like you. Guess I'll continue this. So at three months is the first time that that you you realize you like this person. Yeah, I guess I'll move forward with it. So one one quarter in the uh, international business calendar. One quarter it takes for her to figure out if she likes you or not. How many times are you going out to see this person in a three-month span? It says like once a week, maybe once every two weeks. 
Okay. All right. That's fair then. Yeah, not too much because if you come on too strong, I'm going to, no. Got it. You're going to bore me and I'm not going to like you anymore. Got it. Five months, you get to meet Charles Barkley the second, my dog. At five months, you get to meet her dog. Uh-huh. Now your timeline's skewed because they've probably come over, maybe, already, and your dog's no, sitting right so there I on the never, couch staring at him. I never bring a guy over unless oh. I, there's one reason you're coming over or unless it's a serious relationship. Okay, 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 okay. At six months, then I make it known to people. I'm like, okay. It's not public on social media. But you'll you'll start leaking it to the news outlets. Yeah, I'll, then I'll it. tell my close friends <laughs> that I'll be like, like I'll tell, I'll come up to Woj you guys. Woj is reporting like, <laughs> that Jeanette Javier has a boyfriend. Okay. I'll come up to you guys and be like, whoa, mm-hmm. like this is this, there's a guy in my yeah. life and it's going pretty well. Yeah. After like, six months. what she'll do, she'll drop it in a casual. She won't outright say it. Like, hear ye, hear ye. I, <laughs> I have a know. boyfriend. No, what she'll do is she'll be like, oh. I would go out, but I'm. Uh, there's this guy I'm seeing that uh, we're gonna go uh, go to a bar tonight. She'll say that so you know that there's a guy in her life at six months. Exactly. Yeah. So then, Subtle. ten months is when I would actually bring him to meet my close friends, and maybe if we all go to dinner, I would invite him to the dinner to actually get closer. That comes with at my ten months, life. so yes. almost a full year before they meet your close friends. Yeah. So, so you finally think you're falling in love. Ten months in, you bring your friends over. Wait, and does then that he mean you're falling your... in love when they meet oh, your close friends? No, well, no hold yeah. on. I'm just saying, you bring them over, it's and then serious. your friends are like, hey, Jeanette, we all hated him. That guy yeah, sucks. You're gonna and then you're that, like, yeah, that's the thing. You put in all that work <laughs> at ten months for it to be derailed by your friends <laughs> thinking that he sucks. That's a great point, Stone. That is a lot of work for a lot of work. Then th- you're putting him out to judgment of people that don't even know him like you know him. But that is exactly why he's not on my social media. Because if he can't get along with my close friends. I guess that's the end of the relationship. But what could even happen in that time? What if he walked in? Like, what is he doing? Like, walking in the door to see your friends for the first time? And he's like, uh, uh, what's up, sweethearts? Somebody grab me a beer. Like, what could he possibly do if in that spot? If he does do that, he's call. out the door. Why? Yeah, no. He's comfortable. No, but- no, absolutely. No. You are I'm just saying at my close friend's house. I'm just- you are... Third, because my friends are first, and then you are second. I'm just saying, women can be petty, and like, if his hair is like in a, a weird style, they can be like, I don't know if I like him. I don't know if that shirt was really. Eh. I don't like those shoes. Well, for ten months of dating, then you're gonna look good when you meet my close friends. This is too much pressure. Okay, so then at one year, then it's public because you've passed the test. Jesus Christ! Okay, man. you've passed the test. My close friends like you. My dogs like you. You've obviously been over a couple times. You don't have to make any changes. I don't have to make any changes. You can live in my space. Congratulations. So after a year and a half, then you meet the parents. Then you meet the family. Now that one I just can't go. Where? For. When do you tell them you love them? What is your issue? What do you when, mean? I'm saying, when do you tell them you love them? Where? When does the L word come out in all this? Has it come out before they meet your parents? The thought of even saying that. Now we're just asking. Me. Now you're leaning closer to my timeline because if she's a, a year and a half into meeting the parents, she's closer to two years to saying I love you, which then dictates a long-term relationship. Yeah. So now we're getting closer to two years here. Yeah, you're actually more on Stone's timeline than you initially were were letting us to believe. When did you drop the L word? With- I don't remember. I plead the fifth. No. I actually don't have no clue. Uh, he I'm hasn't said it her. yet. Is she coming over? Is he hasn't she said it yet. Dinner? She is. I'm going to ask her. This is crazy. Jeanette's timeline is so long, you're going to be collecting social security by the time you meet her parents. Good Lord, man. That's fine. Because I know my parents are in typical, in stereotypical Latin fashion, they are the most judging, opinionated people ever. So get it out of the way early. Absolutely not. Because I'm going to have to stand there and defend you. You better be worth the defending. Mm. 
Holy God. Uh, Joe is in Jupiter. Joe is on Ken Levick Alive. Joe, what did you uh, think of that uh, that timeline befitting of the Crusades? I mean, my God, that couldn't uh, be a longer process. You're right. I agree with you. It was the Social Security thing before anything serious uh. happened. Jeanette, first of all, I love you. You know that. But i got to tell you, we almost had, a, we had our, almost our second kid before you let your man even meet your parents. Yeah. <laughs> what? Right? We, you had two kids? Joe is getting it in, man. <laughs> we did the six-month thing. We were, I don't know if it's because we were married once before for a long, kind of long term, but, you know, we've been married 14 years now, and it, I think it depends on how much time you spend with each other in those first six months and yeah. get to know each other. And eventually you, you know, and, and why drag it out? And it's worked out. Like I said, we, after we got to know each other, you're spending almost – Every day or night or both, you know, and you just you just know, especially if you've been through it before, and um, it's kind of worked out. But Joe's own, right. But that's, and, just, that's and, the timeline. And I think, and Joe, appreciate the call. I think there's two ways to go about dating somebody. This relationship too, you either have a baseball relationship where you're seeing someone four or five times a week, right? That's Had a, a couple lot. couple of series a week, okay, right? Like I, in baseball. That's or, a lot. But I think Jeanette works on. NFL. A football dating timeline where like it's like that. once a week. This is good. Maybe stuff. a Monday night, maybe a Thursday night, or maybe a sat a Sunday. Mm. But it's, it's like good. once a week. That's why it's only four times in the first. Uh, you mentioned like once a like once a week. Yeah, you're seeing them in the first three months. That's mm-hmm. why you don't know anything about the person at three months because you're working on an NFL timeline. I've worked very hard to preserve my space and learn what I like. Shout out to therapy. Everybody should do it if you're dating. But. <clears throat> You're crazy. I'm crazy to let a man come in and oh, disturb no. the peace so quickly. No, like it's that. fine. <laughs> disturb you, the peace. You've mentioned uh, uh, trademarking things in the past, not yeah. too long ago, Ken. I think that that, I that think we dating gotta, measuring stick, sort of like NFL, MLB. Yeah, that's good. Stuff. Sort of like Ohio State trademarked the yeah. like seriously the word the. Uh, and by the way, with this show, I think that if is the second most used word in the English vernacular. Oh, no, of. I'm sorry. We're going to try and trademark of. I'm about it. We're going to do Ken Levicka of live. Mm. It doesn't make eh. much sense, but we'll get used to it. We can workshop As it. long as we get the trademark, okay? Can we be as obnoxious as Ohio State? Absolutely. Like, be Ken Levicka of. Yeah. It's not Ken Levicka. It's or, Levicka. Well, no, it'll be, actually, here's what we'll do. Jeanette Javier of Ken Levicka Live. The name of the show will then be of Ken Levicka Live, mm. so that we can add all our names in front of it. Is that, good? Is that better? I Very think it's cute. better. I love so we're gonna, it. but we don't know how to trademark anything, and that's part of the problem. And don't any of you people out there try and take the trademark away because you heard us say it, and you're going to try and thwart us. Don't be a jerk. We're getting of okay. Lay off. Uh, so so last night at Yankee Stadium, Yes Network cameras caught a scene in front of the Yankees dugout. Hundreds of pieces of chewed gum were sitting in front of the Yankees' dugout, and no one had any earthly idea what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. Just lumps of chewed gum outside the dugout. Here's the exchange and the potential explanation of what was taking place last night on the Yankees' broadcast on the Yes Network. Big out of this fourth inning. Oh, that is kind of gross. And you don't, if you don't know what the bubble gum game is, Michael, what they do is use this to pitchers as you see them down there playing this gross game. They, it's like golf. It's like frisbee golf. They fi- find a little, a little marker on the field and then they toss the gum and almost 
as, 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 if, as if they're playing frisbee golf. So, and that's all chewed gum. It's all chewed. It's all chewed gum. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Danny Cunningham, the groundskeeper, loves it. Oh, I'm sure Danny will uh, be excited to put somebody else on that job. Big. So that was Cameron Mabin, former Marlin, explaining what the bubble gum game is. So again, you just chew this gum. Oh, by the way, it's the lunch hour here on ESPN 106.3. The lunch hour, uh, and and it's signified, of course, by the woman eating a sloppy joe with her mouth open. But this will be perfect, perfect for chewing gum here. So, so the Yankees dugout. Here we go. So go ahead and crank that stone. Oh, the, the juiciness, the saliva just washing over the rubbery gum in front of the Yankees dugout. This, this saliva you're hearing is coming from Nestor Cortez, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Carpenter. They're just chewing, 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 chewing away in the Yankees' dugout last night. And they take the gum. Someone swallowed their gum. They take their gum and they throw it at a place on the field like Frisbee golf, trying to, to get it as close to a target as they possibly can. The visual of this with all that chewed gum on the field is horrendous. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is disgusting. Even if it wasn't a pandemic, it would be disgusting. And as Michael Kay appropriately pointed out, the grounds crew has to clean that up. It's bad enough that in the dugout there's probably sunflower seeds all over the place. Uh, it's it's disgusting. There's wrappers. But now you've got hundreds of pieces of chewed gum in the grass outside of the Yankees dugout. And it proved to me, further proved to me, that athletes are disgusting people. I mean, they're just disgusting people. And I love sports. I've played sports. I've covered sports. I've watched sports. That bubblegum game is one of the most disgusting things that I have actually seen. It's nasty. Largely because other people have to get involved in it. I don't think it's that nasty. Honestly, it took me back to like my childhood when I was in middle school. There was something called the gum wall that was underneath a bridge. And that every Where did time you live? In Orlando. Narnia? In, in Orlando. Jesus, why man. Did, why did people go under uh, the bridge? Underneath the that? bridge by the hobbits. Because you had to walk yeah. under the bridge. And you know what they were <laughs> down there underneath the bridge. Actually, no, what were they doing? What were they doing underneath the bridge stone? They were building this gum wall. I hate that sound so much. Mm. It's so disgusting. Minty. No. All right, so what you made a gum wall? Yeah, we and then every time you would pass the bridge because you your parents would pick you up like half a mile outside of the bus loop just for traffic purposes. Every time you would walk under the bridge, the gum wall would be right there and you just boop, you'd put your gum right on the wall and you continue walking. So you would vandalize public property. Everybody did. Well, if Stone jumped off a bridge, would you do it? Oh, don't go that way. <laughs> so that's disgusting. It's gross. But so, so Jeanette's signing off on this thing at Yankee Stadium last night because she used to contribute can't, to an Orlando gum wall. Can't say it surprises me. <laughs> That's horrible. It, there's, now, there's worse out there. What tool do you clean the gum off the grass with at Yankee Stadium? Like what? Well, what, what like is, a pooper scooper? Like for your dog? That, That's what I would but use. But that would take half an hour. So I what? No, because you can get multiple pieces of gum at a time with a pooper what if scooper. Stuck. Like I don't know. Well, that sucks. I don't know. That's what I mean. I don't like the game because of that alone. You hose it down? I have no idea how that works. I think you got to hose it down. So one time I actually (laughs) felt guilty in my life is when I saw the janitor scrape off the gum wall. Oh, because again, uh, there's consequences. If you're going to be a vandalizing jackass, these things happen and other people get involved. So you felt bad. You felt something in that dark gum soul of yours finally. 
Yeah, kind of. Okay. Because I still chuckled a little bit about oh, it. Oh, God. I was like, huh, that sucks. Like, <laughs> you poor janitor, scrape my gum. You, pretty much. But what did you do? Did you help him? No. Her? I just walked by. But oh, they, so you felt, that was the story? You felt bad? But the point is, the tool that he used, one of those <laughs> paint scraper things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Good. from, a, from a, a gum wall, yeah, I'm sure. But out of the grass, Maybe. it's a totally different ball game. Pun intended? Yeah. So I just don't know. I have no idea. But it's like it's like in football when guys openly vomit on the field. Oh yeah, baby. I hate that. And it happens at least three or four times a season with every team. You're out there on the field, it's hot out, it's September, it's usually an offensive lineman, and they just throw up all over the field. And then three plays later, a running back is tackled exactly where that dude uh vomited. On the field. That's so gross. It, it's not that far off. I've only been a part of it twice, and I've only Have you done ever puked it. on the field? I have twice. Twice and twice in like my Like near my the sideline or like between the hashes? So I was uh, by, by, in between. Because between the hashes, that's going to be a high traffic area. <laughs> so so I, I can keep it local and then I can go college. It was at uh, South Fork playing Seminole Ridge. I was only a junior and it was a two-minute drill late in the game and like no timeouts. Yeah. Oh, I remember big time because it's one of my best friends still. He's played center for me. Big guy. Huge guy. And run into the line of scrimmage, two-minute drill. Got hit in the chin and the dog pile down there before, and I'm throwing up all over his ankles. Like, oh, all over. Oh, all, you were throwing all, up on his ankles? <laughs> like, oh. and, and, oh, on his shoes. Like, I'm, I'm, oh, I got my hands. I, got, I swear to God, I got my hands under center, and he, he's feeling me do it. <laughs> and, he, and he's just mumbling, like, he's trying to get words out. But, you know, I got to call the snap. So I take the snap, and I tossed it to a kid. And we, we spoke about it about five minutes later when we scored. And it was cool, and we ended up winning. But, like, at the time, I literally was watching myself throw up on his ankle, his socks oh. and stuff. And then the second one was probably about a year and a half ago. Oh, Again, God. similar thing. That's pretty recent still. So, yeah, yeah, similar thing. So about a year and a half ago, just got chin checked, right? Chin strap went in, helmet went in my neck, and two-minute drill. And we, I just audible to run play, but I couldn't get the words out. So I'm got hot. <laughs> oh, you're like dry and, the, and my my running back next to me is like what's the play what's the play because he just wants to call it because I can't and I'm just standing there five yards behind the center going oh, oh, and I'm mumbling the play we want to call here, we're going here. <laughs> and so he gets the play and he hears me and I catch the snap and I hand it to him and I immediately lift my helmet up and just do a, a nice little up chuck and I, it gets out real quick and then we went on to the next play it's only two times, but it does happen very, very, very often with offensive and defensive linemen. Uh, it's normal. No, it's, but it's, it's so Don gross. Does it it doesn't mean field. it's not gross. I do it drunk out or hungover. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I puke on my friend's ankles all the time at ER Bradley. <laughs> I have vomited in my friend's car before. Oh, After a night in Miami. Horrendous. It was a long time. What is, what is the, the grossest thing hygienically? that you have seen in sports, either as a participant or as a fan? What is the grossest thing that you have seen happen or been a part of in sports, playing a sport or watching a sport? Stone vomiting on his center's ankles is right up there. Anybody vomiting on a football field, it's disgusting. This Yankees thing that happened last night with the chewed bubble cum is abhorrent. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Or tweeted us at KLV1063. Also, uh, I run a lot. I run marathons. These people that, that uh, just blow snot out of their nose, just the snot rockets, 
What a bunch of cavemen <laughs> you people are. That is me. Don't do that. Oh, that is horrendous. And also, Freddie Freeman, we played that. Played just a little bit of him crying uh, in, in Atlanta. The, the the tears that he had, if you could. Just let me know when that's ready. Just the, the it, you can, go ahead and play it. Go ahead and play it. You'll hear what I'm talking about. Hold on. He It's a little sniffly. There you go. That. He just wiped it off. It's actually. a towel. It's a towel. It's not even a Kleenex. Someone's going to have to clean Freddie Freeman's snot towel <laughs> from his weepy tears it goes, at the press conference. It goes in a hamper. Someone, someone gonna is going to have to put. They're going to have to put their hands on that. It's not like a Kleenex where you throw it in the garbage. This is a towel. Oh, he's right. He's right. Someone has That's to put why their hands I on don't that. like handkerchiefs, old man. I see them around this area with the handkerchiefs in their pocket. That's why I don't own a handkerchief. One, one. I'm not 86 years old. And two, who wants to blow their nose, fold up that cloth, and put it back in their pocket? Who does that? It looks more sanitary than a tissue. No, no a tissue goes no, in the garbage. No, it's not. Yes, it does. A handkerchief, what if you have a big old booger that sticks to the inside <laughs> of your, your pocket, your chest I'm, pocket? As a ball player, I'm a huge believer in the snot rocket. It's really how you get one off. It's how you, no. you know, clear, clear the head real oh quick. Oh, my God. But this then, is horrendous. But then your mouthpiece falls out of your mouth, and you pick it back up, and you put it right back in your mouth, and you're on to the next one, Jeanette. I absolutely want to die. Leo's in Riviera Beach. Leo's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Leo? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. I got a blast from the past. Remember, Ken probably remembers, but I don't think Stone or Jeanette. There was a show called Wild and Crazy Kids. Yeah, Wild yeah. And Crazy yeah it was, it was, sour, it was right Omar after Gooding. Hey Dude. It was Hey Dude and, um, and Salute Your Shorts that came on before it. Amen, amen. But, yeah, they that this was before, like, I guess in early 90s, we were just living life, thriving, and, and uh, they were just doing a game where everybody would chew bubblegum and it was basically like who could make the biggest stack of chewed bubble gum. Oh, uh, man, like as a competition. Right. So kids were kids were touching other kids bubble gum on the bubble gum mountain or whatever. And it was just it was just kind of disgusting. Now well, that looking back at it, but at the time I was like, I want to do that. So you know what? <laughs> I think we're finding a common connection here, though. Do you remember where Nickelodeon was based out of? Orlando. Uh huh. Oh, where's Jeanette right. from? <laughs> Orlando. They're just a bunch of disgusting people in Orlando. We've come to it. Six Orlando, degrees of Omar Gooding. Yes, I think. six degrees of Omar Gooding. Exactly. <laughs> Green slime, Omar Gooding, gum, and Jeanette. That's exactly what the connection is here. Thanks. Orlando, you disgusting people. What up? <laughs> what up? What up? I didn't even think about it. Your mouthpiece falls out on a football field. Oh, yeah. A big 300-pound offensive lineman has vomited God knows what on that football field, and Stone's just like, oh, got to protect the teeth. Punk. Spit shine. Yeah. That's disgusting. And then he, yeah, he snot rockets there. Absolutely not. I mean, that's horrendous. We got fishbowl, baby. What? Ernesto's in Boynton. Ernesto's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Ernesto? Oh, I got one for you. Um, uh, this is in the college days. Uh, I did it to my center. Uh, I Played a practical joke that really went horribly wrong. Um, I gave him a laxative. Oh, come on. told him it was chocolate. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, during practice, he just, he's uh, over the center. And, uh, oh, my God, can I say he just let it go? Yeah. And, uh, well, that's what you're, yeah. I mean, that's what you've been hinting at anyway, so might as well, Ernesto. He pooped all over the place, right? 
He pooped all over the place, oh, and uh, yeah, this was this was this was. I mean, I, I, let me tell you something. He said he thanked me for it later because he actually was backed up. He actually was it was it was the best <laughs> thing for him. Honestly, like he thanked me later, but it was the most grossest thing uh, ever on the field that I've ever seen. Experienced, smelled all that, all the senses, all of it. And the thing is, it was it was reactionary because. People started puking, like you know, like, like oh, yeah. once people started smelling it, people started. It was a chain reaction. Yeah, it was a chain reaction of just vomiting okay, and, and puking right. and stuff. Right. Yeah, Ernesto, it was, it was, that is rough. That is rough, Ernesto. Ernesto's like, oh, they were vomiting and they were pooping. And that. I can't like, <laughs> like we get it, we get it. I we understand. We understand. He was excited that his prank uh, went so well and that he was. He added to this guy's life and made his made his boy's life better well, because the, his boy finally got the poop. He was we, also um, a poop guy for the rest of his high school career. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm good. I'm I'm glad that we've uh, we've unlocked the greatness of this show once again. It's <clears throat> everything. You got dating advice. Yeah. You got grossest stories. Snot rockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you heard about PJ Tucker. It's everything you want in your afternoon drive time show. God, man. Enjoy your lunch, y'all. Yeah, seriously. And and, and including our sound. Thank you. Exactly. We are reaching new lows of sports talk radio. Or highs. (laughs) Well, I guess if you're into that sort of thing. EDS air conditioning. EDS is, yes, EDS air conditioning. If these things gross you out, then you're going to need to cool off. You're going to need to get into the air. You're going to need to breathe deeply. You're going to need to decompress, and you're going to need to do it in the air conditioning. Heat, not good for you in this state of mind. You need cool, and if your AC is down, well, you can't decompress from whatever you've experienced over the last 25 minutes or so. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes, a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. They use the best equipment. If your AC unit needs a little bit of a repair, a little bit of a tune-up. Things aren't as good as they used to be. Well, they can come in. They can do that. If you need an AC replacement, well, do it. Just like today, it's cloudy. It's not as warm. It's still in the mid-80s. It's still 9 million percent humidity. Still got to have that AC chugging along. There's no breaks. There's no breaks in the summer. You keep going. The heat, it's always going to be there. That's EDS air conditioning. Make sure your AC is right or you're going to pay. You're going to pay in a big way. EDS is yes. EDS air conditioning. Appointment schedules around you servicing Palm Beach County and the surrounding areas. That's edsairconditioning.com. EDS is yes. EDS air conditioning. When we return, Jeanette Javier has watched another movie. It's a classic. And she has another movie review on the way. Hollywood blockbuster blowout with Jeanette Javier. When we come back, I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Oh, we're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Coach Clark tweets... Several of us just peed in our football pants mid-game instead of going to the bathroom. You're soaking wet anyways, and now your opponent has to get pee on him. It was considered normal, too. If you're a good player, you just did it. Flex bicep emoji. What is wrong with you males? (laughs) I mean, think about the sport. Who can pee on themselves? I... I would not be able to just sit here and be talking to Jeanette and be like, 
pee. Yes, you could. No, I could no, not. I, I do. Absolutely not. If I'm ankle I'm not deep, a puppy. If I'm ankle deep at the sandbar, I let it fly all the time. <laughs> let it fly. Who says let it okay, fly while talking a, about Let pee. it flow. Let it flow there all the time. A, hey, hey, just let her fly. There is a difference between being in the water than being on a football field. Outside, but to some there's not. No, but you shouldn't be in the water either. Jeanette, to a 6'6", 300 pound man, there's no difference between being in a pool and being on the football field. They are that wet the entire time. <laughs> oh my God. That is disgusting. Like they, they open, they move, they talk, and it just starts falling off their chin and neck. Because the ocean is the biggest bathroom in the world, we all know this. Well, Jeanette doesn't. I mean, uh, Ken doesn't feel that way. No, I just if you, if there's a, a bathroom facility nearby, you should try and pee in that. On the beach. <laughs> That's what I'm yes. saying. It's not a good beach if there's a solid bathroom in there. Period. Stop peeing in the ocean, people. Just hold it, and definitely don't pee in a pool. Uh, fishes and those ocean animals do way worse in the ocean. Okay, if I'm frolicking and blood and animal and whale piss where are you yeah, swimming yeah. Oh, oh, where whoa. are you swimming in the middle of a shark attack what is wrong with you <laughs> beaches you, are cool. like jeanette jeanette's driving into jupiter and is like oh i see a bunch of bull sharks oh i'm gonna go swim out there so i can swim in some blood where Whee! are you swimming wherever there's a beach i don't care peeing on yourself like not in the water what because it floats if you're away, good you I'm just do it details, if you're good you just do it you just pee on yourself it means you're good are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. Jeanette Javier, before she ventured into sports talk radio, had never seen any sports movies at all, period. Turns out, though, after further research, we've discovered, unless it's a Kevin Costner movie, <laughs> Jeanette Javier hasn't seen any movies of note. It used to be a sports movie segment. Now, instead, Jeanette Javier reviews the movies that you've come to know and love, the hits of Hollywood. It is Jeanette ha uh, Javier's <laughs> Hollywood blockbuster blowout. I love you! Everybody who's involved with this! You like me right now. You like me. Ha, 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 ha. Quiet. I don't know what any of those movies are. Uh, well, the first one is Cuba Gooding winning the Oscar for Jeremy Maguire, Sally Field winning an Oscar, and then uh, Kindergarten Cop at the end. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. So Jeanette Javier is reviewing Back. To the Future, Michael J. Fox and Company, the first of the Back to the Future trilogy. And because she is a Dominican queen, she rates all her movies on a scale of one plantain to five, one being meh, and five being yay. Jeanette, Back to the Future. I think that Doc Brown is one of the most brilliantly written characters Ever. And I haven't seen a lot of movies, so I don't know how big my spectrum is. <laughs> yeah. But out of every movie I have seen, Doc Brown was easily one of my favorites of all time. 1.21 gigawatts! And it's the best start to a movie review. Yeah. Like she's actually her Keep eyes lit up. Yeah. So uh, my favorite quote was from him 
was if we're going to go time traveling, we might as well do it in style when Michael J. Fox character is questioning the DeLorean. Mm -hmm. And when they would, I think the references when they went back in time to the music, like when he picked up the guitar and started playing it and everybody was like, what is this demon stuff? (laughs) Yeah, what is this demon entity? I loved it. Yeah. And then... At prom, right? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Michael J. Fox character, I definitely see why he had such an influence on 80s culture. Or just the movie overall in 80s culture. Because, look, Stone's wearing a vest right now. Yeah. It's weird. He looks like Marty McFly. No, not at all. But he's trying to be, and he's failing miserably. But good for you for doing the vest. Um, In terms of, like, going back, I loved it. I have, honestly, I... I have nothing bad to say about it. You So you love Back to the Future. I loved Back to the Future. And it was to the point where I started the movie and I was really tired. It was like 8 o'clock at night. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through or whatnot. I'll give it another 30 minutes. 30 minutes, I was hooked. I nice. was in. And I could not go to sleep. Did you like the part where Michael J. Fox's uh, future mom tried to sleep with him? Uh, Did that, you like that part, mm-hmm. Jeanette? That was so cringy. Yeah. That's the point. I know. So it was well done. Absolutely. And I like how it worked into the whole plot. And then, of course, Gif, Gil, whatever the heck Bully's name is. Biff. It was close. Um, How he, like, absolutely the turned out to be the bad guy. And Mm -hmm. he had a significant role because of it. Meat-headed bully, Biff. Yes. But I like it was absolutely cringe. But it was a huge part of the movie. And you're like, I don't feel as disgusted by it by the end of the day. Yeah. So, so I loved it. What is your what is your what's your final rating? Your your plantain rating of Back to the Future. This is going to be the first five plantain. My God, it's a perfect plantain review. Let's go! I can't wait. We did it. I can't wait to watch Back to the Future too. I have a whole DVD set. I said texted you guys a picture. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it, and I'm definitely going to do it this weekend. All right. Not for next week's movie review. I'm excited to see what's up. But this set is standard. Hi, I love Doc Brown's That's character. That's amazing. Let's so go, so baby. tomorrow we'll come up with the new blockbuster hit that Jeanette will be watching. Yes. Also, I uh, shout out to Ghostbusters and making me watch that movie because I went to my friend's dinner. I went to a dinner on Sunday and I called myself the Slimer of the dinner because I was just eating everything. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Slimer and did, I did, are really close. Did right. anybody get the reference? Yes, because they're all older, like 40s. Mm. They were the ones, so I told them that I'm, I have to, they're the ones who gave me the DVD set for Back to the Future. Oh, okay. And they're like, well, have you seen Karate Kids? And I was like, no. And then I was thrown under the table oh, terribly. Oh, well, then I think we already have our answer. Karate Kid. Wax on. Yeah. Like, I know about it. And that's the cool things, I guess, about watching these movies. They see all the cultural references, like the yeah. pop culture references come come through. You got a date with Daniel LaRusso coming Ooh. up. I'm assuming that's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So back to the future. Five plantains. The first one. Yeah. And then uh, next week, it'll be the Karate Kid for Jeanette Javier's Hollywood blockbuster blowout. When we return, still the Banowitz. He's going to a wine tasting tonight. And he thought he picked an outfit that had perfectly encapsulated the fashion of a wine tasting. And it turns out he is flat out embarrassed himself. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. 
from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, Marlins fans, make your next game a home run. Brightline's home runner trains West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami Central Station. They now include free direct shuttle service to Lone Depot Park. Catch the game. Upgrade to Brightline's premium service to pregame on the train with free drinks and snacks along the way. Brightline's home runner trains give you the ultimate fan experience, letting you skip traffic, skip parking. Stay till the last inning. Book now at GoBrightline.com. That's GoBrightline.com. Remember, Brightline, the best way to get to your favorite events in South Florida. Dump the pump this summer. Avoid high prices at the pump. Travel in comfort and style on Brightline. Fares starting at $10. GoBrightline.com or the free Brightline app. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. All right, it's an ESPN West Palm field trip tonight. Getting classy. There's a team dinner. A team dinner that includes a wine tasting at a local winery here in, in the area. And Stone's a part of it. Stone's going to be a part of it. Stone, he's, he's an integral member of the team. He likes to be a part of things, likes to likes to be around people. That's a pretty good way to describe him, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jeanette, also, anytime, and she's two weeks sober, by the way. Well done, thank well you, done. And you. again, th- this, wasn't, this wasn't something Jeanette did because she needed a rehab. This is something Jeanette did just to challenge herself, okay? Um, but but Jeanette is going to be a part. She's going for the dinner, not for yes. the wine tasting. Yes, yes. But Stone's going for for both. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jeanette is dressed in a very beautiful green dress. Thank something you. appropriate for <laughs> a winery and uh, to to really sort of just look the part. It's this a is dinner. a classy dinner, right? It's a team dinner. It's a, it's a classy Stone. team dinner. I, uh, not Mar- a team dinner. It's team wine tasting with dinner. Marketing Which ups the ante. Marketing director Courtney is wearing a free-flowing womanly outfit. Like, it works. It's very classy. Stone Lobanowitz walked into the ESPN West Palm offices this morning, and the first thing that Tina LeMay, home team Tina, told him was... What are you wearing? What is that? And yeah. his response was, it's my wine tasting outfit. Mm. Let me describe real quick what Stone's wearing. He's wearing a black t-shirt with a black, what would you call that, zip-up sweater vest? That's not even ironed. It's not even ironed. A black zip-up sweater vest, khaki pants, tan shoes, and, and white socks. No, the white socks with like inches coming out of the <laughs> shoes, too. <laughs> So he is wearing. He and is, it's ankle. It's cropped. Yeah, pants. I'm yeah, it's sitting it's down. So. Yeah, it's it's cro- yeah, right. It's cropped pants at the bottom. It is showing skin. And and this vest that he's wearing is something you would see Justin Thomas wearing on a chilly final round of the U.S. Open. Marty McFly wannabe album. Is that? I, does any of that scream wine tasting at all, Jeanette? I remember my first wine tasting. And I did not go in looking like that. None of this I looks got this, appropriate. I got this vest out of our promotional closet uh, like two months ago. It hadn't been touched in years. I thought it was a good touch. little West Coast wine tasting vibe. Cole Stewart tweets, <laughs> It looks like Stone went to his dad's closet and picked out the most random pieces to go together, shoes included. Stone looks like, included. Like, Stone looks like he's about to go to a, a par three and just pound <laughs> beers with his boys on a 65-degree Saturday. All his boys that are like 55 years right, over, right. not even his age. Stone, that is not a wine-tasting outfit. I brought a couple of wardrobe changes in the car if it didn't go well. And- that's a that's a do a keg it stand and not- hit a drive outfit. Are you going to a country concert? No. Yeah, that's a country concert outfit. Where's your cowboy hat? She's Jeanette. I'm Ken. He's Stone. Enjoy your wine.